welcome to the One in One Podcast, where below average podcaster chats with an above average athlete. I'm your host, Bridget B. My guest today is Ariel Breaker, who played basketball at Notre Dame from 2010 to 2014, went to four straight Final Fours, and is now an assistant coach at Oakland University. Before that, she coached at Wayne State, Western Texas, and Lehigh. She's been all over. Ariel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> I'm excited to have you. So you were you were actually born in Evansville, Indiana, but I know you went to high school in Gross Point Woods, Michigan. So at what point did you move? So we moved from Evansville when I was going into eighth grade. So of course, you know, you grow up with all these friends for your entire life and you know, your family decides, nope, we're gonna move to a different state nine hours away. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. But um, it's been fun. I mean, it's just like right now, it's just me, uh, my four siblings and my mom. Um, we don't have any family in Evansville, but I have a lot of really, really good friends. Uh, I went to a couple weddings from some friends. Uh, one of them is having a baby Ooh, nice. soon, so I'm excited to get back and meet the baby. But um, yeah, I mean, I get back when I can. But, you know, obviously with everything going on, been cooped up at home. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. But eighth grade, that's a tough year to lead, to move. I moved in seventh grade and really just moved a few towns over. But to go to an entire new state, have to go to one year of middle school and then high school, that, that is tough. Yeah, especially, too, just because um, we, we grew up Catholic. So I go through another, you know, K through eight school where all these kids in eighth grade have been going to school with each other since kindergarten preschool some of them their parents are best friends they've grown up together since they were one so uh it was interesting but i think you know i made a few good friends out of it and of course i was going to the public school so then there was only a handful of us going to the public school so then at the time it was like okay some of these kids i will never see again literally because they're going to all these private all boys schools all girls schools <laughs> they don't live in the gross point whatever so Went to Girls Point North, and I probably saw about three of them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, you mentioned you have four siblings, so you're one of five. Where do you mm-hmm. fall in line? I am the oldest. Oh, nice. Yes. Mm-hmm. The most bossy, the sassiest. Um, hey, that's how it yeah. goes. <laughs> like that. I'm the baby, so we're very different. Oh, yes. I have the baby. Actually, she's been living with me for the last three months. Nice. Um, yeah, so I feel like she is my child. I'm 11 years older than her. Obviously, she couldn't be my child, but I feel <laughs> like it. Um, but it's just funny. Just I know that there's, you know, we bump heads sometimes, and I have to sit back and think, well, I made her this way because <laughs> <laughs> all those times when she was younger and we would get in fights and stuff, I, I would terrorize her. And now that she's older... <laughs> If she's feeling some sort of way, definitely needs revenge sometimes, I think. Yeah, she needs to get that on you. <laughs> yes. So how did you get into basketball? Um, so actually, I was a gymnast for a really, really long time. So we actually, we moved around a lot, kind of when I was younger anyways. But um, I was a gymnast probably for seven years in a in a dancer for like four years. And uh Finally, you know, we moved, we lived in Evansville, and then we moved down to Bay St. Louis, Mississippi for a year, and I played on a team in second grade, a basketball team, and it was second through fourth grade girls, because they didn't have enough um, teams, and there were only three teams, 
So there's a really bad team. There was a middle average team, and there was like this team. They were called the Red Hots. I remember <laughs> the Cinnamon Red Hots. Okay, so uh, we played that season. We beat the Red Hot team a couple times. We always beat the uh, blue team that we played against, and we were the green team. And so at the end of the year, we had this big awards banquet, and um, you know, I was like whispering to my mom, "Gosh, I hope I get Best Defensive Player of the Year." Like, see, I was picking up full court, like I was. My mom's just laughing. She's like, okay. So then, you know, they give best defensive to someone else on the team. And I kind of like looked sideways, like, okay, whatever. But then they're like, MVP award goes to Ariel Breaker. Nice. And so I get the award and I was like, and my parents are like, oh, good job. And I was like, that's a really, really good job. You know, and I said, this is not all defensive. And she had to explain, no, it's like, you're the complete player. Like you can play <laughs> offense and defense, you whatever. And so after that, I was like, oh, I might be good at basketball. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not just tall. I might actually be good at the sport. So when we moved back to Evansville the next year, um, I started playing on the feeder league teams and stuff like that. And the basketball in southern Indiana, especially at that time, was some of the most competitive basketball I've ever played. Like oh, yeah, it's Indiana. Basketball is a way of life. Exactly. So... It was just crazy. So growing up, I loved playing it there. I made a lot of friends there. Um, then I kind of got to Michigan. Everyone's like, oh, like, you're so good. And I was like, there are girls that were better than me that I was playing against in Indiana. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm good. Like, yeah, I'm good enough to play and, like, make the team. But, like, I'm telling you, those girls down there, it was a lot of them. I was surprised, you know, a few of them didn't end up you one. Some of them ended up at smaller schools. But... Like the people I played with and against, it was unmatched. Wow. Yeah. I mean, some of those kids too, that probably didn't end up D1, they kind of plateau, right? Whether they didn't grow or they weren't quick enough. Sometimes yes, they just kind of stayed the same. So, yeah. but that wasn't you, obviously. <laughs> I guess not. I, I know I, you know, I had a trainer. I was going to down in Evansville Tri-State Athletic Club. And then when I got up here, we found a trainer and, um, I was just going to work like every Sunday morning, wake up, go to that trainer, get better, try those skills the next week in practice. <laughs> That's awesome. And how old were you when you started AAU? Um, I started AAU in the fourth grade, so 10. Okay. Um, That's pretty early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, we were the EBA hoopsters, you know, we were. We were super pumped, whatever, but we were the Evansville Basketball Academy colors, so we were orange, uh, green, and white. And then I think my fifth grade year for one year, we decided to be red, white, and blue, and I was super pumped. I was like, oh, I'm going to get these new shoes. They're going to be red, white, and blue. Like, I'm going to be decked out, whatever. I'm going to have a girl that had, like, wristbands and sweatbands and headbands. I was like, yeah, I want a headband, too. But uh, then we went back to the original kind of EBA, but it's interesting now because it's called Indiana Elite, and now there's probably, like, I don't know, over 60 teams across Indiana with that organization where back in the day it was just kind of like there was one Indiana Elite. The only reason I knew that is because they had twins named Ariel and Asia. And I was (laughs) always like, oh, hello. But, uh, yeah, so it was just in, so, you know, fourth grade so you we didn't travel a ton obviously i think the furthest was maybe indianapolis or kentucky and somewhere but um we still did we played in tournaments we played in states and stuff like that 
Yeah, you guys were really good. I think at one point, your team posted four consecutive top 10 finishes, and you won four AAU state titles. Yeah, so that was more when I moved to um, Michigan. Oh, that was Uh, Michigan. Yep, so I played for the Michigan Pistons. They were Michigan Shock my eighth grade year, then Michigan Pistons as we got older. But before, actually, um, because of border state, Indiana's finest. I played with them actually my last year before I moved. They wanted me to do border state and play over. And funny story, I tried out for their team in the seventh grade. I Kelly Ferris and her dad tried out okay. for their team. Got cut. Um, <laughs> so I was like, Ugh, I have to be on the B team. Like, what is this? Like, instant motivation. I was so mad. And so uh, whatever, played with the B team. We did really well and stuff. And then ended up moving to Michigan and we played Indiana's finest, and I remember I looked at my coach. I was like, "We have to beat this team. I will not lose to this team." <laughs> <laughs> the anticipation is killing me. Did you beat them? Oh yes, yeah. Good, good. I, AAU, it's like we had. I can't even. I mean, my eighth grade year um, to ninth grade, we had kind of a big change just because of the coach that I had she moved. And so now, actually, I work with my AAU coach at Oakland. He's one of the assistant ADs now. Oh, that's um, so funny. Yes, but it's super, super close with him. And just, like, he'll tell you, it was just, like, she's crazy. She's super competitive. It was her team. She wanted to win. She was going to win. So, <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, that's the mindset you have to have if you want to be a great player and go on to play Division One as you did. Exactly, exactly. And I think a lot of that, too, like, you don't think really about high school and how that plays into the equation, but my high school team was really, really good too. Yeah. And I think sometimes I don't realize that because, you know, especially nowadays, you, I'm not saying that people are losers, but there are winners and there are losers. And like, I think in high school, I lost like 11 games. Um, yeah, I actually have it. You went 94 and 11 in your okay. high school career. <laughs> <laughs> and I think part of that was just the crazy like will to win and not to say that I because I was still on the team but there are five games my junior year that I didn't get to play in and I know that we lost a couple because I was coming off an ACL injury Ooh. so I was like it was a will to win it was you know my teammate called a timeout I, vividly I was still out and she looked at me so crying <laughs> Play again. I can't play without you on the court. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, someone get their teammate. (laughs) Like, chill out. Yeah. I was like, why are you yelling? I tore my ACL. What do you want me to do, girl? Like, it was crazy. Yeah. You had torn your ACL in in an AAU game, right? Yes. The state tournament, the state championship, actually. That's rough. So was that in the summer and then you came back mid or not even mid season, you only were out five games. So what was the time frame you were out? So I toured on Mother's Day. So in okay. May sometime. And then I got to come back and play, I think, end of January. Okay, that's a pretty quick recovery. Yeah. So my um my rehab person, Laura Ramis, she uh she works she worked with the detroit shock while she was here wow. now bill Lambert loves her so she was with liberty now she's with the aces nice. um yeah but she's just very good at like getting athletes back and at the right time and her big thing was like you know if you 
I don't want you to go back without a brace. So, or with a brace. So if you feel like you need to have a brace when you go back to play, then I'm, you're not ready to play. Mm-hmm. So that was really big for her. And so, yeah, she really got me going. I mean, obviously I wanted to be back when it's everything started in November, but I'll take mid January any day. Yeah. Now, do you think that affected your recruiting at all? Because you basically missed that summer, which is huge. Yeah, for recruiting which is a big summer. Yeah. I don't know. I really, I guess I didn't really think about it at the time. So my high school team, um, we went to Notre Dame team camp when I was there. So I actually missed going into my freshman year. I missed camp because I had a wedding. So they saw me play my freshman year there. Um, freshman going the sophomore year before I got hurt. Yeah. And then obviously my sophomore year going to junior year, I was hurt. So I kind of sat back, but I think a lot of coaches reached out to me after it happened. And we're like, we're not recruiting you any less. Like we know you're going to come back stronger than ever. So that was kind of motivation. Like, okay, all these people are counting me. Like, I'm not going to let them down. I'm still going to be that same player, even better than what I was before. That's great. Yeah. So gross point North high school is where you went and had a phenomenal career. Is there a gross point South? Is that like a big rivalry? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think I ever lost the South in any sport I played in my four years there. So that's awesome. Winning record. We'll we'll talk about another winning record you have, but um that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but it's actually it's just so funny because it when you're in it, it's a big rivalry, whatever. There's a girl who is now one of my best friends. Um I'm gonna be in her wedding and stuff actually, but we hated each other. We did not speak. We we were not friends. There's an infamous picture that she's driving and I'm taking a charge on her during the game. And it was just like, it's just so funny, the petty stuff that happens in high school. And then now oh, yeah. I was like, wow, if we would have actually spoken, we probably would have been great friends in high school. Like, I wouldn't have had a problem with you. But just because it's north or south, you don't really talk about it. And then actually my brother, who's here right now, um, he went to South. He's the only kid out of the five that went to South. He graduated. Yeah. That must be a sore spot. You probably didn't get him a graduation gift. I mean, it was really hard, but I did. I would support <laughs> him at football games and, you know, basketball games like that. But luckily, I was so far out. And the girl that I'm friends with now, her brother is the same age. And I was like, okay, the Sherman X and the Breakers can be friends just because <laughs> Chloe and I are done. Nice, nice. <laughs> You were a three-year captain at North, which is a testament to your leadership. That's awesome. Thank you. I, you know, um, I think it's, I think part of it, my sophomore year, just us winning a state championship and things like that. And, you know, one of our uh, seniors going down, tearing her ACL in the quarterfinal game, it put a lot, but I think just, I think people liked me and I think that's, part of the easy part in high school, why you get to be captain. I think people liked me and it was, um, okay, like she's the best player, so she should be it. But also she's kind of nice to us. So like, let's make her, <laughs> let's make her the captain. So it was interesting. I didn't really feel it just because I, there were older kids um, my mm-hmm. sophomore year, but junior and senior year, like it was super prevalent. I felt like I had a voice. I wanted to get things done. I wanted to win more championships and things like that. It didn't happen, but, you know, we were still up there. We still had winning records and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. You guys won three regional titles and four district titles 
and four conference titles actually on top of the state title in 2008 so definitely won a lot of games yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know we're trying to play as long as possible you know yeah of course and some personal accolades your two-time class a player of the year four-time all metro four-time all conference mvp and there are others too but you know we can't we can't stay on here all night just to name a few i know that's actually well it's funny that you said that too because um so obviously i knew high school all mac red mvp and stuff like that my sister was up for it this year she was a senior at north and didn't get and i was really bummed about that um but uh one of the coaches or one of the dobo from michigan state who was recruiting me while i was at uh, north and stuff to go to michigan state i guess one of the um news like reporters from either detroit times or free press or something uh wrote a decade whatever 50 the best basketball players in the last 50 years and i was on the list and i had no idea she's like oh my gosh you made the list i was like what's the boy what are you talking about (laughs) so that's kind of interesting too just to see you know that far out after everyone saw what i did with my career you know obviously i have a lot of people here she didn't play her first two years i'm like yeah we know division one basketball and one of the best conferences in in college basketball it was hard to play basketball in college there and go to school (laughs) and try to get my life together so yes i did not play the first two years but it's interesting to see like the respect that I got from it, you know, 10 years later. So absolutely, because we'll talk about it. But when you did play, you made an impact. And honestly, <laughs> more athletes are like you where they didn't play as much their first couple years. You know, it's it's rare to be a freshman phenom, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, just I probably got to college. I weighed 140 pounds and I was a post player. You can't be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing in the Big East. Like, uh, you're not going to have much success unless you put, you know, 30 to 40 pounds on, which is what I eventually did, why it worked out for me later on. But I just remember, like, I feel like we would be running down the court or they would run down the court past me and I would just blow over. Like, <laughs> so tiny. <laughs> uh, that is funny. And they say it's harder to adjust to being a post player at the college level than being a guard. Yeah, and I think, too, um, I was a tweener. I probably should have worked on my ball handling skills way more, but I was. they were good enough to like for me to be successful at the high school and the AAU level that I was at because when I first got to Notre Dame in the summer, I remember they do, uh, they do um, you know, a dinner for the guards or the post or whatever. So they're like, okay, you're going to go to dinner with the, with the wings tonight. And I was like why am I going to dinner with the wings? Like there are post players here. I should be going with the post players. Um, and so they were, so like, they kind of were like, looked at me weird. You're not a wing. You're not like a three. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I am a four. I'm a four, five, preferably five where I'm on the block. And they were just looking at me like I was absolutely nuts. <laughs> like, okay, like, you're going to play, okay, then you can go with the post group, I guess. So that was funny with that because, you know, you don't think about it. CO is, you know, drilling in me, get a baby hook, get a baby hook, that's going to be your best move. And I was just like, a drop step is going to be my best move. And I would get <laughs> blocked and bodied and blah, blah. Uh-huh. So finally I was like, 
maybe I should try to develop this baby hook that she's talking about. Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe she knows what she's talking about. Exactly. So it's like things like that where I think it's funny now that I'm a coach. I'm like, I can't, when the freshmen and sophomores are defiant about doing things, I'm like, this is me. Like I was bullheaded. I was stubborn, whatever. And then when you get to the juniors and seniors and finally the light bulb goes on, I'm like, see, now we yeah. can have this understanding. Like <laughs> I was in your place. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Wow. That is funny that you can now go back and see like, oh yeah, I was like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see it from CEO's much. point of view. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you obviously ended up at Notre Dame, but I'd love to know a little bit more about your recruiting process. You had just mentioned Michigan State. What other schools were kind of in the mix for you, and what led you to ultimately pick Notre Dame? Yeah, so um, I went, uh, so Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State, they actually wanted, they were trying to see if I would play volleyball and basketball. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, I was a pretty good volleyball player. Um, But... Texas, I loved it. I went down there. Um, I had it. I had an offer, but they pulled it off the table. Um, yeah, and then Stanford and Cal. I really, really like both of those schools. I really like Cal. Um, Stanford. I knew that I wasn't going to fit in because they do a lot. It's offensive based. They're very offensive minded in what they do. And I'm very defensive minded. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I can contribute on offense, but that's not my biggest attribute. So when I kind of saw a three hour practice of them literally just like getting shots up, I was like, Ooh, no, this is, could not be me here. So, (laughs) um, Notre Dame was uh, obviously, you know, you go to a football game there and it's almost like it's like game over. Like I love this environment. I love it here. Um, it's close to home. So it's like a three and a half hour drive from gross point. So I could shoot up home if I wanted to for the day, or I could have, you know, my family come out and watch. And obviously with being the oldest of five, I want my siblings to be able to come out to games when they can and my mom. So it was just, you know, and it just like the tradition and there's people that, you know, I grew up watching Notre Dame. So Actually, this is probably why I went to Notre Dame. Um, I went to the Final Four championship practice in 2001. Was it 2000, 2001 when they won? 2001, yeah. Yes, 2001. Wow, you were so little. Yeah, I think I was in the fourth grade, actually. And so, uh, you know, we watched them practice, we watched them play, and then, like, later on in the hotel, we watched them win the national championship. And I turned to my mom and I said, I'm going to play basketball at Notre Dame. Wow. And she was like, okay, psycho, like, dream <laughs> the dream big, honey. Like, okay, like, get, okay, get time to go to bed now. Just weird. <laughs> she was like, what 10-year-old would say that? And then obviously, like, manifest that. People, you know, speak it into existence. Yeah. And, wow. Yeah, so it was weird. So I think in the back of my mind, I went and I visited all these schools because, you know, I wanted to have a good feel for it. Um, I wanted, obviously, high academics, which, you know, when you got there, I was like, dang, did I really want high academics? Or (laughs) did it just seem like a good thing to say? (laughs) Um, No, but just the degree there. And just obviously, like, Nia was so easy to talk to on the phone when I was being recruited. She literally came when you when you go to his coaches and schools and stuff. She literally came and 
watch me do study hall. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, they're really, okay. They actually, like, she's literally sitting in a class that means nothing where I just sit and do homework. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So just like they're in the relationships I had with the coaches, you know, going in there. So it was pretty awesome. Felt like For home sure. instantly. Yeah. Yeah. When you know, you know. Mm-hmm. It's worth noting, though, that when you committed to Notre Dame, they weren't the program people know now. Obviously, like, not considering 2020. But yeah, they're still really good. But it was during your career that they really took that next step. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with Skyler, Like, in her will to win and her want to, you know, give back to her city and stuff like that. And just, mm-hmm. you know, whenever you ever you have a leader like that on your team, um, it changes the rest of the vibe of the team, right? It's either get on the bandwagon and win or go home. But I think it helped, you know, having Becca Bruschewski, Brittany Mallory, Deborah Peters, like those seniors at the time when I was a freshman coming in, embracing, you know, who I was, not taking it easy on me ever in practice, like ever. <laughs> <laughs> like being the ones like, okay, you know what? If you don't know what's going on, go to the end of the line. Do not go in and make the same mistake the person in front of you just made. I was like, okay. And then I would go in and make the same mistake. They'd be like, what did we just say? <laughs> All right, I need to go to the end of the line. <laughs> so that, and that's the thing too. I think that's part of, you know, a lot of kids, I don't know how many of them watch the school that they're going to before they go in, but I watched a lot of basketball going in and I knew that they were a growing program. And, um, you know, some of the selling points for schools is like, we're going to build our program around you. And I'm like, Ooh, like, it's a lot. That's a lot. I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> I want to go into a growing program. I don't want things to be built around me. I wanted to like grow together as a team. Wow. And so I, yeah. So, cause they're, you know, I mean, like I said, I got recruited by a lot of schools, some of the smaller schools, that's kind of what the talk was like. And mm-hmm. I didn't love that, but I think, you know, obviously the leadership that we had with those three seniors was Skylar and then just like, the dedication of, you know, the younger kids coming in, seeing the older kids do all this work and cool stuff and wanting to be a part of it. Absolutely. And then, too, just, like, doing it for Coach McGraw. Like, the amount of times we used to be, like, we just want to win a ship for Coach. Like, that's amazing. You know, she just very – and she's very passionate in what she does. She wants the best from you every single day you walk onto that court. And so I think that too was like, wow, like we got to get this for her. Um, but it was awesome just coming together, the light bulb finally clicking for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> four straight final fours. But you had a great recruiting class with you. It was Kayla McBride and Natalie Achanwa. Well, you guys yeah. called yourself like the trio or something? The you trio. The trio. That's what we called ourselves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we made shirts and everything. So. <laughs> It's awesome. (laughs) But, you know, we mentioned you didn't play as much your first two years. And part of that reason is because Captain Becca Brzezewski and then Redshirt Junior Devereaux Peters were in front of you. Mm -hmm. Were you pretty close with them? Um, I was really, really close with Becca my freshman year. Um, Like, I spent a lot of time over at her house. We spent a lot of time together and stuff. And 
I like remember after we lost our when she got hurt in the um I think it was the semis or the elite eight, she hurt she tweaked her knee. Mm-hmm. She was like, Okay, she was like, Ariel, you need to pay attention very closely this next week in practice. You might have to play. Like and when you go in, it is your time to shine. You know what to do, like blah blah and all this stuff. And I was like, Okay, okay, yes, I got it, I got it. And then obviously I never went in. But <laughs> she like <laughs> mentally psyched me up, like, no, your we're, your name is about to be called, like you gotta be ready. You gotta be ready. Oh, that's awesome. And I think Dev, like I'm closer with Dev now that I'm gone and stuff, but just like she was like a big sister to me, but I was the annoying little sister to her. So I was just, <laughs> I, I can, I already know. I was super, super annoying. I would always get in trouble. I would always be doing the wrong things. I wasn't always paying attention and stuff like that. And, you know, whenever you, your, your parents are mad at the younger kid from doing something, they blame the older kids. So oh, I think sure. they, I think they got blamed for a few things of my doing my freshman year, <laughs> and uh, thankfully they handled it well and you know still love me. But I know that it, I was a hard freshman a little bit just because of that. And then you know I have Natalie Achano and Caleb McBride who are playing mi- meaningful minutes, and I'm just kind of like in practice I'm going to be on goal, or you know I'm going to be on the second team today. I'm going to be on the scout team. And I remember, like, one day Dev got super, super mad at me. She was like, if you would play how you played on the scout team, you would actually probably get some minutes. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I see what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the thing. She pushed us, like, in that. And I think one of the biggest compliments from her is, you know, my senior year when Skylar left, everyone was shocked you know, that we were 36 and now going into the championship game. And she made a tweet, like, I've seen them grinding. You guys don't understand. Like, they were working hard, like, against us in practice. They've been grinding. They know how to win. You know, things started to get competitive her senior year whenever uh, Becca left and stuff. And we were competing every day in practice. She was like, this doesn't surprise me one bit. They've had it in them the entire time. So... I feel like I remember that actually, which yeah. is a great tweet because, she, as you said, she's there every day. Mm-hmm. She's seen you guys grow, and mm-hmm. anyone that watched Notre Dame basketball wasn't surprised at the 2014 team because obviously Skyler a big loss, but Kayla McBride, great player. You, mm-hmm. you, great player. Natalie Achanwa, great player, and then the younger kids, Michaela Mabry, Lindsay yeah. Allen was a freshman. She was, yeah. you know, a star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had a lot of good talent, and I we knew that. Like, we knew we were going to be good, and that's funny. Like, I know the big thing about, oh, Notre Dame, how are they going to do in the ACC? And we felt so disrespected that they didn't pick us to win. Like, they what did. do you mean? Yeah, they picked us, like, I think fourth or something like that. Oh, my God. It was crazy, but I know that, like, you know, me, Ace, and K-Mac talked, and we're like, we're going to sweep this league. Like, and you did. <laughs> It wasn't even close, really. <laughs> like, it was crazy. That just, but the killer confidence, like the killer mentality, and you, you want to step on people's throats is what we would always say. It's hard. I think it's harder for me now to like try to instill that into my players because this generation is so different. Mm, and yeah, they, that's what a lot of people say. Yeah, it's hard. Like, I remember, um, 
I, you know, at Lehigh one time, I was like, we're going to step on their throats. And they were like, my gosh, like. (laughs) They actually (laughs) thought you meant that. Yeah, they literally acted like I was like Will Ferrell from kicking and screaming, like, let's break someone's clavicle. I know. (laughs) That's amazing. I was like, okay, throw the first punch, put your foot on the gas pedal. I don't know. How else do you want me to say it? Because I'm saying, you know show no mercy and you're showing a lot right now yeah (laughs) well that's funny that you say that because i remember coach mcgraw saying that your group was a little bit too nice sometimes Mm -hmm. (laughs) she did she really did and that's the thing too i think look if you look back like sometimes my attitude was very suspect during some of these games like i would get so mad about things that I was like, I definitely got my little cheap shots in when I was a player just because people thought that they could mess with me. Yeah, um, you got to get some shots in. Yeah, so it was just one of those things. But I, I read that article, I think, I want to say a couple months ago about Coach McGraw saying that. And I was just laughing because I was like, yeah, this is when we weren't rebounding. And it was like, I don't think it was like a lack of like being soft. It was just like, knowing that we didn't have to do it because we were so much better. So I was like, that is a little on my mindset and mentality in playing the game. Whereas, <laughs> like, if I knew the competition was going to be up better, I'm, like, banging in there, like, oh, yeah, man, right? <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Tell me about your first two Final Fours in Indianapolis and Denver, beating UConn in the semifinals, because those are two amazing games. Yeah. I mean, honestly, my freshman year, it was probably the best just because we had played them, I think, three times or a couple times before in the year. And, like, to have the win that mattered then was, like, thank God. Like, you know, we got it. We finally did it. I And that's the, when I'm, you know, being from Michigan and stuff. That's you. Everyone acts like UConn is the only women's basketball team they've ever heard of. Mm. So... And, like, obviously with Michigan people, everyone's like, well, why didn't you go to UConn? Why, like, blah, blah. I'm like, well, not everyone gets recruited by UConn. So, you know, I didn't go to UConn. Um, but, again, that's way too far from home. Like I said earlier, I wanted to be closer yeah. to home. So uh, it's things like that. And then just, like, I think, like I said, the work that I saw my teammates putting in, because the freshman year I wasn't putting in a lot of the work, um, <laughs> I watched a lot. Uh, just seeing that finally pay off, and I was like, "Yes, like this is why. This is what I'm talking. Like this is what I came here to do, is to like do something that's never been done before or hasn't been done in a long time, and just uh, being able to finally just not obviously not be like, oh, we're satisfied, but like, yes, we knew we could do it. Now on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely." And is now a good time to bring up that you have a winning record against UConn. <laughs> I do. I remind people of that whenever they say that to me because they're like, oh, especially with the past year Notre Dame had, well, oh, Notre Dame was struggling this year. I said all the teams were struggling this year. All the teams were down. I was like, don't tell me it, but just about Notre Dame. And I was like, also, I think, is it eight and seven? Is that I what it is? Eight and seven or seven and six. It's something okay, like that. Okay, it's one of those two, yeah. So. I talk about it often, too. I'm like, yeah, I have a winning record against them, so that doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Unfortunately, in both those years, you get to the national championship, but you don't win. Still incredible teams and incredible mm-hmm. success. Yeah, I think it was hard. I think it was harder my our freshman year because um, 
that was a very winnable game for us. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of yeah, stuff. There's yeah, there's yeah, obviously things that happen. Um, you know, cards don't always fall in the right direction with that. So it it was hard then, and it was hard. It was even harder because I don't know if anyone noticed this, but our team did. When the confetti came down for the uh, game, it was blue and blue and green, like they oh, were expecting wow. us to win the game. Yeah, so everyone's like, "Wow, I had no idea." Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, "Yeah, the confetti, like it was our color confetti," <laughs> and oh then we gosh. lost the game. So that was pretty hard. And then obviously, I think it was hard knowing that Becca was going to be gone and losing Becca, but also we were like we basically have the same team coming back minus one person. And like, we know how we're going to fill that void with Be- Becca and stuff with Natalia Chanela. And so um, we're excited to get back to it the next year. And then obviously Baylor comes and I don't know. It's just with Brittany Griner, I think in the beginning, because the game was on a couple weeks ago, I watched the game. Our game plan was really, really good, and I think we missed a lot of layups. And I'm not taking away, obviously, the win from Baylor. They won the game. Um, They were the better team that night. But our game plan, we executed. We just didn't hit all the shots that we needed to hit or didn't get the big stops or big rebounds. And then, obviously, with Dev getting two fouls in the first five minutes of the game. Yeah, that's uh, tough. Yeah, so it's like little things like that, mishaps like that. Um, you think about it, obviously you can't change it, but it's like, okay, what if this were different? Then I think you, we would we would have had a chance in that game. 2013, your junior year. This is where you get a lot of playing time. You start almost every game this year. And I love when this mm-hmm. happens because you waited your turn. A lot of times you'll see kids transfer nowadays. Mm-hmm. But it's great when the kids that, you know, work hard, they're grinding in practice, and finally it pays off. Yeah, I think, too, um, like my uh, K-Mac and Ace were probably more excited to hear that I was starting than I. I think I was Aww. stunned just because, again, <laughs> like, uh, I think there were, I don't know how many games, but it was my junior year, and we were at Cal, I believe, okay. and Coach uh made the announcement that I was starting. And I was like, oh, like, and Ace came out, like, yeah! Like, <laughs> you know, like, pushing me and stuff. And so I'm oh, like, that's so cute. okay, okay. And like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, don't mess this up. Like, this is your time, <laughs> whatever. And so we're warming up and going through warm-ups and Sky kind of walked up to me. She's like, I'm like, loosen up. You're fine. You got this. Like, you worked hard for this. You put in the work. Like, you, you're a much different player than you were your freshman year. You know, you're going to, you do what you do. And I was oh, like, okay, do what I do. I was like, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> like things like that. Pass the Skylar. So, yeah. So I was just <laughs> like really nervous and stuff. But obviously when I stepped onto the court, I think that all went away. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm a big person for the moment. And I think that was just probably perfect. Like nervous leading up in two. And then I step on the court and I'm there and it was, I was good to go. Yeah, because between the lines, it's the same game. Exactly. And I'm sure Becca Brzezewski was saying, all right, it's her time to shine. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Um, It's just, yeah, it's it's crazy, too, just with everything. I mean, obviously putting in the work, but I had surgery every year. So that summer specifically, I came back, I think, two or three weeks earlier 
to get more rehab and to get back quicker. So I think my teammates saw that. I was like, oh, she does care about this game. Oh, she does care. And so I think I was more respected uh, when I came back and doing that work, not just saying all the good things like, oh, I want to win. It was like showing, doing things to show that I wanted to win as well. Yeah, that's right. You did have some knee issues during your career there. Was it, did it stem from the ACL or was it different? Yeah, probably just because I know uh, my freshman and sophomore years were the just clean up in the same knee. And then I tore my meniscus both years. Mm, uh, And then I tore my meniscus my junior year and my other knee. So I had surgery at the end of my junior year as well. Oh, wow. That's tough. Yeah. I mean, lucky that you didn't have to redshirt or anything. You played every year. Yeah, that's true. I didn't like, I don't know about redshirting, man. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) it's tough. Yeah, it is. And just like, um, I know, like I said, I, my four years, I think maybe looking back at my freshman year, sometimes I'm like, "Hmm, I wonder if I played in enough games to redshirt. Could I have gotten another year back? And now like, when I think about it, I'm like, dang, I should have got another year back because the real world was not, I was not ready. <laughs> I was not ready. <laughs> yeah, that first year out of college is never a fun one. Oh my gosh, like <laughs> crazy. Oh. You come up huge in the Big East opener in 2013, your junior year. It's at number one Connecticut. And a lot of people honestly thought UConn was going to win by 20, but they were sorely mistaken. Yes. You have to remember that game, right? Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. The one point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a back-and-forth game where, as I said, you come up absolutely huge. You have a major block, and it was such a pretty block, too. It wasn't, you know, just a down-low block. You're at the top of the key guarding uh, great shooter M- Kalina Mosqueda-Lewis, and she was about to put up a three, and you literally just blocked <laughs> it. it well, the ball, I think, went to half court. The best part was you got it. You started a fast break, and it led to two points. <laughs> I know. In my mind, I was like, get it to Joel, get it to Joel, run faster. <laughs> but uh, no, it was like, and people, I like, that's the thing. I'm like, I feel like I had an adrenaline rush. Like, something crazy happened with my body and my mind at that time because, yes, I'm quick, I'm agile, but that was like, I was, I've never done something like that before. So I was like, oh, my gosh, like, oh, my gosh, I got a hand on the ball. Okay, like. No, you know, you did great. She she shot it too close to you. She underestimated your jump. I know. They probably saw the knee bracing. Like, she's slow. She's not going to get out. (laughs) Honestly, like, that might be my favorite Notre Dame play. And I'm aware that Enrique Agumboali hit two buzzer beaters to win a national title. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh yes that was awesome and to win in stores is just like a different feeling oh i bet so like hartford yeah you win it's cool it's fun but like on your actual legitimate home court to go home with the w and just be like all right we're going to disney world <laughs> <laughs> you came up with a huge rebound at the end of the game when it was a one-point game i think oh, there were only a few gosh. seconds left you yeah. secured the game pretty much yeah, I remember that vividly because I finally got to go to media. I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? But I was like, I had four fouls. I was supposed to be in front of Brianna Stewart. I got behind, whatever. Again, I don't know how, but she's like 6'3". I'm 6'1", and some change, and I got a block. 
in the rebound or whatever after it. And again, yeah, like, that's right. It was both. I was like, okay, like get it, get it to Sky. Or they, the ball was out of bounds. To this day, I will put my life on it. She was standing out of bounds, and they called a jump ball. But okay, they get the ball back. But uh, or she was laying out of bounds, and they got the jump ball. Uh, Doesn't but, surprise me. Exactly. Well, yeah, we finally like that was the one thing. Like I'm looking at Seal on the sides. Rebound! Rebound! I was like, okay, yeah. So Musk secure a rebound here. Like, gotta get that done. So I don't know. It was just amazing. It's like when you're again when you're in the moment and you're playing, you're just you don't even think about it. It's just like natural natural instinct. Actually, that season you were top ten in Big East with block shots. Oh wow! Didn't know that. Hey, didn't even know that. Wow. <laughs> And another game that you came up big in was in the Big East tournament again against UConn when Natalie Achanwa had to go to the on the bench or she was sorry she was on the bench most of the game with foul trouble. You were pretty much that only inside presence and you know kept Notre Dame in it, kept them alive for the win. <laughs> I know. Well, it's crazy just because I think you know you look back on those games and um, again like. You're, I've, I was still obviously a role player. I knew my role, but it was like those little things ended up coming up big at the end, just like it did in the first game. And I think, you know, some teams they go and they under, oh, she just had, you know, that was a fluke. That was a lucky game by her. She's never going to have that good of a game against us again. I think that was kind of the mentality there. So when it came back up again, I was like, all right, I'm ready. I know how to beat you guys. Like, I'm not oh, scared. Exactly. And- and as you said, you're not a player that's going to get 25 points every game. But what you do consistently is so important for a basketball, someone that's focusing on rebounding and blocking shots. You can't yeah. win without a player like you on the court. And I think and I think it's hard to, like, explain to kids, you know, sometimes you have, sometimes you have to just know your role. And I mm-hmm. think I, I obviously struggled with that for the first two years. Um and I don't know why, because like I said, I was very defensive-minded before. It shouldn't have really been a factor, but I think coming in, I was like, okay, I got to do everything. I got to do everything. Mm-hmm. And finally, Probably because that's what you had done all your life. You were exactly in high school. You were the best defensive player, but you were also the de- the best offensive player. Exactly. So I think finally, I you know sat down with Coach McGraw, and she was like, I just need you to rebound, play defense like be a lockdown defender. And so I guess with two, when she said lockdown defender, it was like we would have a drill in practice, um, defensive drill, and they'd be like, guard Skyler. And I was like, what? What do you mean guard? What? Is any, I'm like, K-Mac? You? No, you. <laughs> <laughs> like guard Sky. So I think, you know, having to guard her in practice and then, you know, translates into, uh, I had to guard Alyssa Thomas sometimes. I'd play the top of the press, you know, um, and that translated over just from the confidence of I'm guarding the best player in the country every day in practice, or, you know, they're making me go out there and try to contain her one-on-one. So there's nothing harder than that. That's true. <laughs> when practice is harder than games, you know you're doing well. Exactly. And then you know what? A lot of the years at Notre Dame, that's exactly how it was. Yeah, I can imagine. So it was very helpful, obviously, in preparation. <laughs> For sure. Another Final Four appearance, this time in New Orleans. Unfortunately, this is the year you fall to UConn 
in yes. the semifinals. Yes. A so, rough game, but a really I great think, season again. Exactly. And I think, you know, what happened to them my freshman year happened to us. Like, we beat you three exactly. times. You know, we beat you in a triple overtime. We beat you by one point on your court, and then we beat you by a little bit, two or three or something in the Big East finals. So you, they definitely had our number. Um, that was It's hard yeah. to beat a good team four times. Exactly, exactly. So it was kind of like one of those things where I was like, dang, like we came up short, and obviously being Sky's senior year, you know, you want to win for your seniors every year, but just the work that she put in for the program, for the city, essentially. Um, obviously, it didn't all go to waste because obviously, look what they built now. They win in 2018. We don't win in 2018 without Skylar Diggins coming to play at Notre Dame. Oh, a thousand so, percent agree. Yeah. So it's just one of those things, the culture she built, um, what she did for the program and everything, and then, you know, people carrying it on and passing the torch, that was huge. So that was the only thing that really crushed me, her, and then obviously Kayla Turner with her. Um, yeah. She actually lives, Kayla Turner lives actually like 20 minutes from me. I gotta, gotta catch up with her soon. But um, oh, nice. uh, she, again, just like Kayla Turner playing through, you know, she tore her ligament in her elbow. So needing surgery, but it's her senior year, doesn't want to go out like that, just puts a brace on and plays through it. So the resilience that you see in two leaders like that, like, it's hard for you not to have an army of followers who want to do everything they can for you. Absolutely. Then senior year, 2014, you're a captain along with the other members of the trio. Yes, yes. <laughs> trio. You actually went on a, Euro- a European tour, which now, like, you, you think of traveling, it's kind of out, like, when can anyone travel again? But in 2013, you were in Europe. Where did you guys go? Uh, we went to London. Barcelona and Madrid. Ooh, those are all nice places. Yes, yes, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. And your senior year is the first season that Notre Dame is in the ACC conference. As you said, they disrespected you a little bit going in. You ultimately run the table. But how was that adjusting conferences? Um, it's interesting, obviously, because you're, you're the first three years you're in the same conferences. You kind of know what to expect from teams. Um, you know, obviously, we were basketball junkies, so anytime they, you know, preseason they were playing someone um, non-conference, we were trying to look at teams, watching who they were playing and stuff, big games like that. But I think we just were really good at what we did, and it was just like come and stop us. So there were no real adjustments. I know I've been a part of some teams where it's like we have to adjust, adjust, adjust our game to get a game plan for them. But I never felt that way as a player there, especially when we got to the ACC. Like, we're not adjusting our game to you. You have to come in and adjust your game plan to how we play. I was like, I don't know, that was probably the best part is like knowing teams would do something out of the blue and be like, okay, they have definitely never done this before. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about it before, but Skylar leaves. Your your lineup is still incredible. You, Mm -hmm. Achanwa, McBride, Allen, and Jewel Lloyd. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, too. I think people didn't respect Lindsay because she was a freshman or saying, oh, she's just a freshman. She's going to be inconsistent. She's going to be up and down. 
like no very didn't get rattled by many things and that's like it, i would always laugh because it was just like no emotion on her face and <laughs> winning losing whatever she's just there she's doing her job um, she's telling you where to go and things like that and then obviously like okay so if you have a guard that can't defend or not a great defender who do you yeah you might put him on Lindsay, but she's gonna make plays so exactly I'm like, and you can't put them on K-Mac or Jewel because they're just going to light you up. It's just one of those things where it was interesting to see where, like, okay, like, if this player guards here, we're going to expose this one and vice versa. Absolutely. And then, I mean, your bench. You had Cable and and Mabry coming off the bench. And in one game at Tennessee, a lot of the starters were in foul trouble, and they really got the game going. I Mm -hmm. think they gave you the lead, and then you guys kept it from then on out. Yeah, they lit it up. Well, they can shoot, right? And, like, Michaela, Michaela doesn't, if she's over half court, that's it. She's in range. So you better <laughs> put a hand up. Exactly. <laughs> and, so, and so it's just one of those things where you love to see it. She's, like, feeling it, feeling it. Fast break, pulls up for three. I'm like, no. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. Like, oh, my God, she's feeling it. So you see things like that. Same with Maddie. Like, just her tenacity defensively as well. Like, oh, she's going to step in and take every single charge. And if the ref calls it a block, we're getting upset. Like, because yeah. she was probably there. She was most likely there. So it was just like, it was fun just because, you know, especially when we played Tennessee back my freshman year of the tournament, all they could talk about is Notre Dame is 1-20 in versus Tennessee. I'm like, I don't need to hear that anymore. And then, of course, that game, oh, Notre Dame's 2 and whatever. Two and 20 against Tennessee. I'm like, okay, we can stop bringing up the record against them back in the day. <laughs> this is the present now. <laughs> exactly. It was just one of those things where, like, well, yeah, we're going to win this game. Like, I think that time we probably played in my junior year, too. So we're three and 20 against them. Yeah. And since then, <laughs> I know they lost this past year and one other year recently, but still, it's been a winning record. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm like, hmm. I have a winning record against Tennessee, so I'm going to take it and run with that as well. (laughs) (laughs) You got a winning record against pretty much everyone, I think. (laughs) But in 2011, I actually thought that that was a favorable game for Notre Dame. And obviously you guys won, but everyone was saying, oh, Tennessee is going to win. I was like, eh, this is a really good matchup for Notre Dame. And obviously I was right because I'm brilliant. No, I'm kidding. but (laughs) (laughs) Because I know all. Yes. No, actually, that game was so funny. So I was obviously, because um, wasn't it, was that in Knoxville? Which one? Think. The 2011. No, that was in the tournament in Dayton. Dayton. Okay, Dayton. Yes, that's right. So I get a text from, like, my high school guidance counselor. And I guess there was, like, a convention that she was there for. She's like, oh, my gosh, I would love to see you and come to your game. I was like, Probably not going to play, but yeah, like, I'd love for you to be there. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Did she like, come? Yeah, she came. She brought a few of the other guidance counselors. It was awesome. So. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> you guys were really, as we said, running the table. Unfortunately, you're dealt a crushing blow in the Elite Eight when Star Center Natalie Chanwa goes down with an ACL tear. Tell me what you're feeling when she went down. So honestly, at that time, both of our bodies probably felt like 70 years old. And our big thing was like, just run over to each other. Hey, you're good. You're good. Get up, like help each other up. 
so I ran over there. I was like, hey, you're good. You're good. And she was like, no, I'm not. Ugh. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, and like the trainer, like, need to come over here or whatever. And so uh, it was just crazy because, you know, obviously I remember how I went down when I tore my ACL. She threw, she tore more ligaments and stuff. But I remember I was like crying for my mom, like Aww. couldn't do anything. And she like takes a few steps and is like, finish this shit. I was like, <laughs> oh, you're okay. I was like, okay, stop walking. Stop walking. We got it. Okay. We're good. We got this. And so I remember, like, we're still playing that game. I get a steal, fast break. I get fouled. I'm laying at the bottom of, like, the thing. And Hasten's like, come on, or KMX, like, come on, Earl, you got this. I was like, bro, I am dead tired. And was <laughs> like, just make your free throws. You got this. You got this. I was like, I really hope the next person's coming to the table to stop for me. Because <laughs> I, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, and obviously, like, I played more my junior year. I think I was, like, better body-wise. And, like, but my senior year, it was hard to keep me on the court. Like, I could I could not practice most of March. Um, wow. Yeah, so I'm just practically playing games. That's about it, and being on the bike. So I'm playing all these minutes that I'm not used to playing just because that hasn't – I've been so restricted – I was dying, but I was like, oh my gosh, I have to make these free throws. She said, finish it. We have to finish it. Like, uh, just, <laughs> so it you was. Know, you guys won it for her. Yeah. This is a close game. I know, I know. So it was good, and it was just good. It was funny, obviously, Kim Mulkey tried to pop the ball or whatever. Didn't she, like, try to grab the ball? Odyssey had to pull her away and stuff, like. I don't know. There was a lot of theatrics on that side of the court. I She's remember. always theatrical. I don't, yes. I don't. What am I trying to say? I'm sure it happened. Yeah. I don't remember it, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. I was like, because I remember like, what is she going to do with the ball? Is she going to pull like a rebound and just like deflate it? Where does she have the thing in her hand? Like, oh my I don't God. know. Thoughts <laughs> that went through my mind that I was like, you should probably just focus on the game. <laughs> <laughs> no, so sometimes she's, and she like wears such like bright colors. It's hard yes. to <laughs> not notice her. Exactly. It was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> You guys, you know, go on, win it, get to the final four, which is in Nashville. I love, though, that you guys had warm-up shirts in the semifinal against Maryland with a Chanwa's name and number on her on the back. Mm-hmm. Really cute. That was one of the freshman ideas. She was really close with her and stuff, and she was like, we should put Ace, and then we had, like, the Ace of Spades, like, on our shoulder and stuff. So it was, oh, I, I think, that. I know, I think she cried when she saw that. I'm sure she did. Yeah. Very touching. And then it was, of course, against Maryland. And earlier that year, we had played them. We won, but it was ugly. It was probably mm. one of our one of our worst one of our worst games that year. That's um, right, because they were still in the ACC the first mm-hmm. year that you guys moved. Yes. And I think, too, with them, they thought it was a fluke that we beat them. So I was like, no. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys destroyed them in the semifinal. Yes, I was going to say, we came out... Without with, a starter. Yes, we came out with a different kind of agenda. And I think, too, that's where that mentality that Ace has, that killer mentality, you start to see it in the younger kids now that because they're like, oh, I got to play now. I got to, you know, we got to make up for all this loss and stuff like that. I think, you know, mm-hmm. Taya did a really good job of that when she yeah, was Yeah, no, in. she did well. Yeah, so... 
it was just one of those things where, again, like, we're all on the same accord. Like, our mistakes were very minimal that day. Not to say that we didn't have a few, but they were very minimal for the most part. We executed scout. We executed what what we needed to do, and that game was, like, a no-brainer. Like, no contest. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah, you guys really displayed that you and UConn were the two best teams in the country that year. Mm-hmm. You guys would lose to UConn in the championship, but you, I wonder, at least I'm sure you do too, that's a different game if Achano's playing. We win if Ace plays that game. I say that too. Yeah, I say that without a doubt, just because again, like, yeah, I'm playing, but I can only do so much. Um, You have Taya, who's a freshman. You have, I mean, Markeisha, who on and off played, but again, like, you have all these younger kids who... I mean, yeah, they could have played, but in the moment, it was such a big game, and for them to barely have, you know, it would be different if Ace tore ACL in the middle of conference, and then they have all that time to mentally prepare, physically prepare, and things like that. Happens exactly. day, you have to turn around a week later and play. It's yeah, just, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's hard, but I think that too. Like she doesn't tear her ACL, we we have a national championship. I completely agree. It would have been a close game, but I do yeah. think Notre Dame had the edge. Yes, yes, and I think too just the excitement of not them not being in our conference, so we don't get to play them as many times as usual, and then the vengeance of last year's Final Four. You put all For that sure. together; it's a different game. Absolutely amazing for your career i hope you look back on it and are very proud because you should be yeah for sure and i you know i always look back on it just like the time that i had the friends i made the people i met um obviously the years that we had basketball like that's so rare and i know that talking to other friends who played d1 who played elsewhere i know my experience was super unique and i wouldn't trade it for the world obviously Nice. How was your relationship with Coach Muffet McGraw? Do you still talk to her today? Yeah, I still talk to her a little bit. Um, I mean, it's really, it's now that I'm a coach and everything, too, she does a really good job of, you know, you have your yearly check-ins uh, that, as a player, she kind of does that with me now as a coach. Like, okay, how was this year? Did you like it? Do you like where you're at? Um if she hears anything, she lets me know. But I think our relationship wouldn't have been how it was if, like, so my freshman year, we had our meeting at the end, and she was like, I feel like you're really, you know, disappointed in yourself with the season. I was like, yeah, because I didn't play. Like, I'm like, so you're like, yeah, I played, like, zero minutes each game. And she was like, you know what, it's – she was like, it's okay to be an 11th man on a really good team. And I was like going through, I was like, so I am the worst player on a really good team. <laughs> and there were walk-ons that year too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, that's the thing. Like, and so I'm like looking at her like, okay, well, at least I know she's never going to BS me. Like, she's always going to tell me the honest truth, which is definitely what I needed to hear. But I think too, just like the way that she coaches and pushes and everything like that it was really good for me and then obviously you know when I graduated and would come back it was always like 
welcomed me with open arms, like the entire staff and just always, you know, if I get a text from her on my birthday, I hear from her, you know, I hear from Matt. Um, uh, it just, uh, she cares about you as a person. And I think that's huge, especially in this industry. And that's definitely what I hope rubs off in to my players that I've coached that I care about you as more than just basketball players. I care about you as people. And I think that was huge. I definitely felt that from her. That's awesome. Hall of Fame coach. And not because of the basketball, because of the person she is. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And you can pick her brain about basketball. She's one of the most knowledgeable people that I've ever met about it. Um, But, and I think too, that's where my IQ comes from is I would see things, but then I would see the way she saw things and it kind of just translated over to how I was, okay, work smarter, not always harder, especially with my injuries. Um, mm-hmm. It translated into playing and then now as a coach trying to teach IQ. So how did you get into coaching? Was it something that you always knew you wanted to do or something that an opportunity that just came up? Uh, no, like whenever I got done, I was like, okay, I'm done with basketball. I'm just going to be in the real world, whatever. I'm going to figure it out. Um, but then I think I was in the real world for maybe like a week and I was talking to my mom. I was like, I do not enjoy this job that I'm doing. It was like one of, it was like essentially a pyramid scheme. I don't care what anyone says. It was essentially a pyramid scheme, but I was too dumb to know. When I graduated from Notre Dame that you would think that I would know. No. <laughs> so my mom's like, okay, you know, Wayne state has a grad assistantship open. You should apply for it. So I applied for it, got got the job. Um, it's just, it was a little weird just because I'm a GA. So I, and I, Carrie Lohr, there, the head coach, put a ton of trust and responsibility into me because of where I played, respected me highly, like let me do a lot of things while I was there. Uh, but it's just weird because there are girls there that are older than me or like a year younger than me. Like it's essentially being like a coach of the team I just came from. Mm-hmm. But I got really good experience from that. I got my master's program for that. And while awesome. I was there for my master's, I did an internship with the Chicago Sky. Oh, but wow. I, yeah, but I did it in, like, uh, public relations, so social media stuff. I They didn't have a Snapchat, so I made them a Snapchat account and, you know, was there for game days trying to do just because I wanted to see that other side in case I did want to go into that with sports. Mm-hmm. Um and, like, the WNBA, it's hard because, again, people don't really respect women's sports. There's not enough resources to do kind of what we want to do. But the team that was there when I was there was, like, you know, Della Dot, Vandersloot, Quigley, like, all these. Great team. Good, yes, really, a really good team. Breland was there. Like, I would go to practices and all that stuff. But then I think, too, as I would go there, it was hard for me to be like, wow, they're playing like i wonder if i could have played you know i wonder if i could have done that um mm, that's tough yeah so then after that i got into uh i finished up my grad assistantship in one year um and then i coached high school at gross point north for a season and wow yeah and i loved it like i coached with my old high school coach um i got to coach a freshman who is now playing at michigan state um julia a okay yeah so just like a good kid and like 
just fun seeing her and, you know, talking to her about my experience and her recruiting process and things like that. And uh, so then I got a call. Um, well, I applied for a few other jobs. I applied for actually a job at Oakland University where I'm at now, but I didn't have enough experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm like, well, I, under- I get that. I understand that. So I applied for a job in Texas and literally packed my car, drove 28 hours down junior college. Must have been a culture shock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was in the middle of nowhere. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very big on my coffee. I've never made coffee before, but the nearest Starbucks was an hour and a half away. So I had to make, Ooh. I had to buy a Keurig. I had to learn how to do a little K-cup action. <laughs> um, so then, and then I just like, it, it was culture shock that way, but then it was a shock to me, I guess, about like, how I need to be better at my job and how I explain things and things for like a week straight with the post players. I'm like, okay, we're going to slip the screen. So I go through three of them. I'm like, you guys were slipping the screen and they're just looking at me like I'm nuts. I'm like, okay, who doesn't know what slip the screen is and what that means. And so they didn't know what that means. I'm like, okay, well, I can't just use terminology. I have to like be able to show it or Mm -hmm. say it in a different way. So I think, the JUCO experience, like it was really good for me. I love the kids that I had. I think they were super, super eager to learn. And like, I never felt that they thought that they knew more than me or what, like, you know, how you get to certain ages and that happens. So absolutely. But of course the first day, like I drove the 28 hours, I get to Western Texas college. I'm literally walking to my office to get my keys and stuff. And the Oakland coach calls me, Hey, we just had someone else leave this would be a great starting spot for you. What do you think? And I was like, I literally just moved down to Texas. Like, cause he was like, I heard I might be too late. I was like, yeah, I just, I called us out on the way here. Yeah. We're going to stay here for a little while. <laughs> like, I just yeah. bought a Keurig. <laughs> exactly. I did all this stuff. And so did that a year later, you know, I'm on, I was actually on my way to Chicago, I think again, for, some holiday to spend with Huff and all them get a call from coach McGraw. Hey, you know, are you looking to move up? I just got a call from the Lehigh coach. They're looking for an assistant. Would you be interested? I was like, Oh yeah, absolutely. So I get there, you know, with Huff, Michaela, Catherine and Bree Turner was actually there that time. We were like all celebrating like, Oh my gosh, I might, I might be a D1 basketball coach. Like this is amazing. (laughs) You know? And so, you know, I get to Lehigh and you think it's going to be super similar to Notre Dame just because of the prestige of the school and things like that. Um, But I think it was different for me is because not to say that we didn't care about school, but like we knew that we were there to be student athletes. But if I got a C on the paper, it's not going to ruin my day. It's not going to ruin my week. I'm not going to, you know, dwell on it, have an attitude and stuff like that. So it was really hard because I think they were super perfectionist about every single aspect, the social, oh wow, you know, everything. So they were super like wanted to be perfect at everything that they did and it stressed them out and it stressed me out because I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't understand the need to be that way. I just, I've never like, honestly, I guess it's a blessing in disguise. And I was like, it's definitely this generation. Um, but again, like some of my Lehigh players, I think Haley Pasco, she was a junior there. Um, 
when I first got there, she tore her ACL on the first week of practice and had to be out. But when she was out, that's when we became super, super close. And like one of the, I'm invited to her wedding this year. Um, yeah. And she, she, she's one of those people that I talk to almost every day or every week at least. And then I have Mary Clockerty, another one of those players who, again, like I didn't understand the need to be perfect in all aspects and things like that. And I think she struggled with that. And I talked to her, we talked about it. We had an open dialogue about it. So it was, I was very close and it was easy for me to understand where she's coming from because she was able to have a conversation about it. Um, it took months of work, obviously. I would try to drag it out of her, like, <laughs> very little by little. But again, another one of those kids where, you know, I talk to her each month, we check it. So I think um, seeing that other side of it really, really helped. Because then, and then I'm like, I don't know, I think part of the reason I left, especially with everything going on, there's a lack of diversity there. And I think it's hard for kids not everyone but i think it's hard for kids to play for someone who doesn't look like them so it's interesting well yeah so i think like for me i was trying to i i struggled a lot with it after like after my first year and i went into my second year and again just like struggled with a lot of stuff and being so far away and I, the one saving grace was my one of my sisters um, was a freshman at Yale, so that was three and a half hours away from me. So like, yeah, so I could go visit her. But I think my ultimate decision was like, you know, you hear things, things happen at different schools, and I was like, the ultimately is I don't think that it's hard for me to inspire people just because I played at Notre Dame, we don't look alike. And I don't think wow. that that was always respected. I don't know. It could have been, but just what it felt like from me, it was just like, oh yeah. Like she kind of knows what she's talking about. Blah, blah, blah. Or like, oh, she played at Notre Dame. This is not Notre Dame. And I'm not, obviously nowhere is like Notre Dame. I'm never going to make it like Notre Dame, but I'm saying my input because of a situation that was similar to what I was in or what I've seen or what I've been. So I think it was hard mm-hmm to like get that message across to some of the kids at some point. So now it's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And like, again, I struggle a lot with it. I know coach McGraw, again, her being an ad, the advocate that she is is like, well, why didn't you change it? Why didn't you try this? Why didn't you use your voice? And again, like I just didn't feel comfortable using my voice. So it was Mm -hmm. one of those things where I was like, I need to find a different route out of it. Yeah. But I'm thankful. Like, it was my first D1 job. It got me the experience I needed. It was a great start. I have a lot of friends from there. Uh, obviously, when, if COVID ever ends, I want to see them soon. So, um, And then I get to Oakland, and I feel like, I don't know, I felt like they, these girls needed me. Like, I was had to wear my different hats. They needed me to do this. They wanted me to teach them this. They wanted me, they wanted to know what my playing experience was like at Notre Dame because, you know, they want me to teach them how to be that type of player. So it's just different. Like the eagerness to learn from me, the like, it's not like I was the hype there that died away. Mm. I think it's still like, they're very eager to learn and want me to help them with things and have a lot of questions and a lot of respect for me as well. Yeah. Sounds like coachable kids. And yeah, very much. obviously easier for you to want to show up and do your job with those type of players exactly exactly it's not like dragging myself out of bed like 
oh like what microaggression am i going to encounter today <laughs> like oh gosh. Yeah, that's awful <laughs> yeah but you know you live and you learn and i think like you said you need like i need those experiences so i can grow so now if that ever if i ever come across that again i think i know how to handle it a little bit differently and i'll be more successful at it I'm absolutely sure you will. I'm just sorry that you have to encounter certain experiences like that. Yeah, you know, it's weird. And it's for kids who are so smart for that to, like, be a thing that happens. It would, like, kind of shocking to me. And, it, and you know, some of the stuff people are like, oh, it's like, they didn't mean it like that and everything. I said, okay, that's whether they meant it like that or not, it was still said and then if I'm relaying how I felt about it, then that should matter too. You oh, hundred percent. It's part of communication. It's part of being an adult, you know, and like, for sure, that's what I was trying to get across. And I think again, like I said, I'll definitely handle it better if it ever happens again. But I think just at that point in time, I was like, get me out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get it. And you're still young. Yes. Yes, I still don't know the way. I still make a ton of mistakes. I I know that. I own that. We all do. Exactly. (laughs) How do you like the recruiting part of coaching? I enjoy it a lot, especially like now at Oakland, just like the kids I recruit. It's funny in this day and age, you know, they want to FaceTime you. They want to talk to you on the phone, which is crazy to me. So, you know, there's a one girl that um, she's from the, pittsburgh area actually and it's always a show it's like you don't love me and i'm like what <laughs> she's like you haven't facetimed me i said okay girl i'll facetime you later <laughs> tonight. so it's funny in that aspect and then you get the really shy kids who like uh-huh. oh you don't know if they like it and then they commit and you're still like oh my god i thought you hated it like i thought you didn't like talking <laughs> to me but then i laughed because i think some of the stuff is karma um because i never really called coaches back and they would leave messages, and so I'm like, God, she didn't call me back, and I was like, she is me. Ten years ago, fifteen <laughs> years ago, like, ghosting people. Exactly. So it's interesting to see that, and then just like how social media plays with everything. You know, like they want to follow you on Instagram, they want to follow you on Twitter. You you have to good, you have to have a great Instagram presence. Um, like for your. Oakland women's basketball, you know, for us, we need a better Instagram present for this, for kids to follow, to see what we're actually about. And, you know, whenever I was growing up, Instagram wasn't a thing. Yeah. Um, Twitter. It was like created during your time in Notre Dame, yes, right? Exactly. Exactly. Like Twitter, like, okay. It was more Facebook, but no one follows you on Facebook. So <laughs> it was just one of those things now that, I'm kind of adjusting to like, oh, like these kids need to hear from me. They need, you know, especially the ones that you have now, whereas back then I did not want to be bothered. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, I don't need to hear from you coaches. I understand. Or, you know, if I'm having to call them back, but I just like the relationships that I build with these kids, even if they don't come. Like, I think one of the, one of these kids from Michigan, she's not coming to, Oakland, um, but I'm invited to a grad party. So yeah, so it's like you're really impacting these kids. Yes, exactly. So it's things like that where I'm like, I appreciate that. I can acknowledge like at least I'm 
doing a good job or so they're making it seem like to try to get them there so yeah you definitely have the personality for it (laughs) thank you i try you know (sighs) that's what happens when you have younger siblings that age too you try to find (laughs) cool things to talk about with the kids yeah right (laughs) you actually had a really cool coaching experience in 2019 while you were at lehigh you came to notre dame in a game where if Notre Dame won, it would have been Muffet McGraw's 900th win. Did you mm-hmm. kind of have had mixed emotions? Because obviously you work for Lehigh, you want Lehigh to win. Yeah. But on the other side is the person that coached you. Exactly. Like I said, I'm, I'm a through and through Notre Dame person. Like, golden blue, whatever. Like, But I was also, of course, Lehigh. They're like, you have the scouting report, which, okay. Like, I know Notre Dame like the back of my hand. So I had mixed emotions, but also I was like, I want, like, I want Coach McCall to get her win. Like, I love her. Like, things like that. So it was, I think it, but during the game in the moment, like, especially I think in the first and second quarter, we were actually hanging with them. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, like, what if I pulled this off? Like, Oh, man, time. Notre Dame would have hated you. You would have been kicked out of your group chats. Oh, man. Not invited to any Final Fours. But it was so funny because I went to Coach McGraw's house after the game, and they were like, who scouting report was that? I was like, mine. They were like, you did a really good job. Ah, that's <laughs> so awesome. I was like, yeah, so I was like, okay, like, that makes me feel a lot better because, you know, obviously, like you said, you playing against my alma mater, um, but obviously I'm going to do my job and I'm a competitor as it is already. So I'm like, whenever I saw that, you know, we were down by one point in the second quarter with some time, like time, however much time was left. I was like, we can like, if we put a few shots together and things like that. And then it's interesting to see on my, like at Lehigh who stepped up. So there's a girl that I mentioned earlier, Mary Clockerty. She to, in my eyes, was a BCS player. She's like a six foot. She played point guard her life. She can shoot three ball lights out. I've never seen her show up to a game until we played at Notre Dame. Like I would absolutely like, just be like, you're not a great defender. You're a terrible defender. And somehow she kept a in front of her one play. And I was like, wait, um, is this the same Mary that can't defend in practice? She was shooting, like, pull-up jumpers. Like, I was like, oh, she's like, I said, but this is why I've always said what I said about her. I'm like, she's a BCS player. Like, she she could have gone high major. It just wasn't her style, so. And then you got to be a part of the celebration. Exactly. And that was the best part. <laughs> that was the <laughs> best course. part by far, yeah. You're so connected to the Notre Dame team, which I think is so cool. You, you've been to the Final Four where they won it in 2018, and you're at the Final Four in 2019 where you participated in a trash talk segment with Super, Diana Tarazi, and Michaela Mabry. Yeah. Tell me about that. That must have been cool. Yeah, that was super fun, especially, like I said, like I used to watch Diana Tarazi. I thought she was, what well, obviously, well, she still is, you know, one of the best basketball players you know men or women's i'm not even going to say just women's um but it was awesome to do that but just you know seeing their personalities because again for me it's like a little girl i've watched these two play 
on TV. I've never met them before. So to sit there and do the trash talk with them was super fun. And then just with having Michaela, my best friend there. (laughs) I don't know. It was just one of those things where it was just so surreal. And I was like, I cannot believe we're doing this right now. Like how, why you picked me? Why did you pick me? Okay. Like that's fine. But (laughs) And it's interesting too, just, you know, when we're, when the cameras aren't rolling and we're off just like talking about basketball, talking about other things like that, um, they just seem pretty cool. Yeah, no, they do seem like cool people and they're still playing, which is pretty crazy. They're, oh, they're got to be pushing 40, right? Late thirties. I was going to say, I have no idea. Probably (laughs) though. Probably. That's awesome. (laughs) Ariel, do you want to be a head coach one day? Um, I think about it a lot, uh, potentially. Um, if anything, I want to be an AD one day. Oh, nice. That's yeah, the main. That's the main goal far ahead. But um, I mean, if an opportunity came, like I feel like if an opportunity came for me to be a head coach in the next year, I would say no because I'm definitely not ready. <laughs> but maybe in the next five years um when i get my footing in this game and in the industry maybe and then you know 20 years from there be getting in the administrative side trying to be an ad and all that stuff it's amazing thank you speaking of head coaches give me your thoughts on neil ivy's recent hire oh i love it um i'm not surprised that neil was the right person for the job uh, she's really charismatic, so I think it's going to be interesting because, you know, obviously I looked at her as an assistant for my time at Notre Dame, and I think it's just going to be, she's very, like, hip, you know, or, you know, cool. Like, she's very in the know of all that stuff. So for her, her to be a head coach, I think she can relate to younger kids, like, right away instantly, and that's going to be a big plus, especially in recruiting. And then just her knowledge of the game and how smart she is. Um, Obviously, like, whenever I was there, her scouts were always on point. Like, she didn't skip a beat. We knew exactly what we were walking into when she had her scouts. And I liked, too, like, she would have sometimes, like, music and stuff to the beginning. Like, I remember one time was the Beyonce who run the world. And I was like, (laughs) yes. I was, like, getting pumped in the scout room. Like, who's my scout? Like, yes, Neil. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah, there's no one definitely more deserving of this. And I'm really excited to see, you know, what she comes up with in these next few years because she has the she has the right group to do it. She has all the tools to do it. Um, it's just going to be the question, like experience is going to see what's going to happen there. Yeah, I think she's going to do an amazing job. I don't think Notre Dame's going to miss a beat when all said and done. I think she might have more wins than Muffet McGraw. That's just, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. We'll see. But I'm just uh, saying. TBD. Ariel, I've had a blast talking with you. I like to end the podcast with a couple fun questions. How does that sound? All right, I'm down. All right. What TV show are you currently binge watching? Uh, I'm currently binge watching One Tree Hill, but I've already seen it. I've just been oh, watching my it with ever. my sister. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lucas Scott. Nathan Scott is obviously my favorite. Nathan? Yeah, Nathan's probably my favorite in the later parts of the season, but Lucas was my favorite, like, probably the first two seasons. Okay. And then Nathan. I do one-on-one Tree Hill Raven's jersey, though. 
I actually own one too. I wore a Lucas Scott jersey for Halloween last year. Oh, nice. I wrote an Instagram caption. Peyton, it's you, the person I want next to me when all my dream comes true. Oh, uh, seasons three and four are the best. Oh my gosh. Well, I love the later ones because I love Jamie. I like Jamie. He got a little annoying in like season seven and eight. <laughs> I thought nine was great because yes. they really brought it the last season and oh. Jamie wasn't in it as much. Yeah. But, oh, such a great show. Yeah. Agreed. I once drunkenly quoted the Brooke and Peyton fight in season four. I don't know why I did that. I just did it. Oh my gosh, that's funny. I don't know if I know it that well to a T, but I know like the main parts. <laughs> <laughs> what is a hidden talent that you have? Oh, I mean, I don't know. I would, I guess like it's not like a huge deal because I did gymnastics for some years, but like. I can do basically a perfect cartwheel. Like if you, if the judges were to like give a rating, it, I could definitely get a ten out of ten. Nice, I like that. <laughs> I love watching the gymnastics segment in the Olympics. It's amazing. Oh yeah, it's like one of my favorite. It makes me parts. nervous, but yeah, it's one of my favorite parts for sure. Especially knowing all the work that they had to do to do it, I was like, yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Do you think it had you? kept up with gymnastics would you have eventually just been too tall because they're really small yeah yeah i had to bring my birth certificate to every um like what do they call it competition because <laughs> i was my my age was always questioned but i think yeah <laughs> like i would have definitely because how they do two backflips on the beam at the age of i think nine i could literally do one and have minimal space left so i was like i don't know how i'm supposed to do two yeah wow that's crazy mm-hmm. all right last question you and several notre dame players go on trips <laughs> together fairly often what is the next destination when the world's back to normal the next destination when the world is not ending honestly will probably be south bend <laughs> okay just because if you know we get back to normal and everything that means we can go see a football game we'll obviously all crash at Michaela's house like we usually do um (laughs) but yeah if not South Bend then probably Chicago too because that's always just one of the destinations we love to go to (laughs) yeah Chicago's yes get some deep dish pizza we go to some portillos yeah Ariel, I've had a blast talking with you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, no worries. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I, you know, it's it's cool because I watched you play and now I'm following your coaching career. <laughs> this is a great platform to talk with you on. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, whenever, because I uh, was telling the girls, I was like, oh my gosh, she reached out to me. They're like, are you going to do it? I said, yeah, I've been waiting. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, man, if I knew that, I would have reached out months ago. <laughs> Oh, man. I was trying to space it out so I didn't have too many Notre Dame players on at, like, one time. That makes sense. So, but no, you are always on the list. Don't you worry. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) All right, everyone. That was my chat with Ariel Breaker. I hope you enjoyed it. I don't think I've laughed as hard on a podcast. She's got a great sense of humor. 
It was really cool to hear all about her journey at Notre Dame and now hear about her coaching career. I look forward to following Oakland next season. I'll be back soon to speak with another outstanding athlete.